Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Are you looking to wager on all the big games in sports? Well, man, do I have the best deal for you. How about going with my friends at Bet Online? This is one of the busiest times of year. College football, NFL, 50% off your welcome bonus today with Bet Online. Head on over to betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag. It's a 50% bonus up to $1,000 with our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. B L E A V. Bet Online. BetOnline.ag is the website. BetOnline, where the game starts. Fall is simply football season, and fans across the country are hoping that preseason hype leads to postseason success. In the NFL, we'll see if early Super Bowl favorites like the Chiefs, Eagles, 49ers, and Bills can hold off up-and-comers. And college football fans are wondering if Georgia will make it a three-peat or if top-ranked challengers like Michigan or Florida State can take home the national championship trophy. The college football and NFL seasons are defined by big plays, injuries, and coaching decisions. As a football fan, I also want to hear about the behind-the-scenes and off-field stories that shape the season. The football interviews and topics you hear on the ML Sports Platter are shaped by lessons learned at St. Bonaventure University. The online Master of Arts in Sports Journalism at St. Bonnie equips reporters and hosts for digital storytelling across the sports world. Students learn how to tell compelling stories through digital and traditional platforms. They are also encouraged to envision the future of sports journalism with their capstone projects. This 100% online degree builds on decades of academic excellence, and I'm a proud Bonnie, and I can tell you that you can join me in a growing list of notable graduates, including the New York Post Mike Vaccaro and ESPN's Raina Banks. In fact, you'll hear from an accomplished alum or industry expert during video masterclasses in each course. Contact an enrollment advisor at sbujournalism.com. That's sbujournalism.com today to learn more about the online Master of Sports Journalism. That's sbujournalism.com. Hi, this is Jay Billis of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. ML Sports Platter, back with you, brought to you by CH Insurance, always in your corner every day, every way. Make sure you log on to chinsurance.cc. And a tip of the cap, thank you as well to Camillo's Golf Club, Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company, and our terrific friends over at Bonnet Sales and Service. I'm telling you right now, man, the best garage doors in and around Central New York. When your garage door fails, call Bonnet Sales today and get a free estimate at the website, bonnetsalesandservice.com. Residential and commercial garage doors. Go see the gallery online as well. Follow them on Facebook. And of course, they've been family owned and operated for over 50 years. It does not matter where you live throughout the central New York area, Oswego, Onondaga counties, they cover it all. Go there, bonnetsalesandservice.com, Route 11 in Central Square, and they are committed to providing the highest quality garage doors, product services, etc. in the area. The official garage door company of the ML Sports Platter, Bonnet Sales and Service. When your garage door fails, call Bonnet Sales and visit them online and get that free estimate in as well. Business, right? Personal. They've got it, residential garage doors, commercial garage doors, all at Bonnet Sales and Service. And again, visit them online and get the free estimate in at bonnetsalesandservice.com. Coaching matters. It really is that simple. Now, I'm going to preface this entire podcast because I'm going to chat about the coaching in the NFL, and this is specifically to the head coaching uh, position at, at, at various places in the NFL and why teams are failing and why teams are succeeding. There's a couple of things first, right? Head coach is a lot like quarterback play. I always say it, right? Like the elite quarterbacks in the NFL, Mahomes, Allen, Lamar, right? On and on, Jalen Hurts, 
Joe Burrow when healthy. It's a 50-50 deal. If you want to be an elite quarterback in the NFL, you got to do it on your own. You got to work hard, diet uh, and nutrition. You got to take care of yourself overall uh, on and off the field. You got to be a good teammate. You need to learn the playbook. You need to have great uh, relationships. You have to be professional. You have to be good with the media. All the stuff that goes into being an elite quarterback that's on you is on you. It's probably 50%. But the other half of it, a lot of stuff can be out of your control, right? Like front office decisions, Um, the health of your offensive line, the health of your weapons. Is your head coach and offensive coordinator, like, are they in sync? Are you uh, benefiting from continuity, right? Like Patrick Mahomes could not have gone into a better situation than Kansas City because he had the continuity for years of Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. It was always those three guys. He had the continuity of Tyreek Hill, continuity of Travis Kelsey, continuity of an amazing general manager in Brett Veach, continuity of others, scouts, etc. Great drafting, uh, picking up weapons, always, always, always adding to a team led by Patrick Mahomes with offensive weapons, uh, a front office and coaching staff that knows what they're doing when you have to reshape something. Hello, offensive line. They've redone the offensive line three, four times in the Andy Reid era, and they have just gone swimmingly along, right? Uh, they trade Tyree Kill, no problem, win a Super Bowl. So there is the half part and the half part with a quarterback. Really, with a head coach, it's probably a lot like that as well. So I want to preface it with, you know, for example, in the in the Bills Eagles game this past this past Sunday, you know, Sean McDermott can't do anything about just like Ken Dorsey couldn't do anything about who you know McDermott fired as offensive coordinator. He can't do anything, although he shouldn't have benched uh, uh, James Cook. I don't know why James Cook makes one mistake and then he's out for 15 snaps, but um, and that's on Sean and and uh, get to more of his buffoonery in a second. But there is just. There, there are things out of your control as a head coach. If you prepare the entire week, you do your thing, certain things can happen in a game that you have literally no control over. Like if you're a basketball coach and your player foolishly goes up and tries a fancy 360 uh, win, you know, jam and misses it and they're trying to get on you know, the top 10 highlights on ESPN, that's out of your control, right? You have no idea that that player is going to do that. If a player goes up for a simple dunk or a simple layup and gets the two points, okay, like that's the smart thing to do, right? And you get the points on the scoreboard and as a coach, you benefit. But there are certain things like the James Cook drop early. Uh, Penalties to a degree can be on coaching. Other ones can be like, well, you prepared a guy. So, you know, maybe it depends on the penalty. Uh, you know, as far as being an undisciplined team, where you bring the coaching into it. Um, There are other things that take place, like the quarterback can make a bad read and throw an interception, certainly. Uh, You know, I would say bad tackling and and little things that happen when you're a D coordinator and an HC probably fall on you too, but there are certain things that are out of your control. So definitely have to mention that. Um, You know, sideline outbursts or a player going nuts you know, let's say ripping off a helmet on a field, getting a 15-yard penalty. Like that's that kind of stuff's out of your control as a head coach when players uh, do those sorts of things, right? Or let's say you don't have as much say in in the front office decisions, and a general manager pulls a move that you don't want. You have to learn. You have to live. You have to deal with it. So I do realize that those certain things can happen, and a head coach, you know, there are things that are out of your control as well. An offense can go down, and your kicker can miss two field goals that he used to routinely make. Hello. Tyler Bass, right, in the Philadelphia game where, you know, uh, their guy makes a 59-yarder, but Sean McDermott, by the same token, in that game, and I'm going to get into coaching matters right now, 
Um, you know, even though Sirianni had some, and his OC had some questionable uh, game decisions, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, the, the the stalling of drives and all the rest at, at different points in time of that football game, uh, they outcoached Sean McDermott and, and the like, right? Like Sean McDermott's handling DC and HC, and w- what does he do? Like he can never find the balance between aggressiveness and, you know, uh, conservative play, right? He can never find the balance between blitzing and not blitzing. And he didn't learn from the Denver game where he over blitzed on the corners or sent guys, you know, on the ends regularly, a four man front and, you know, left the A gap open for Russell Wilson multiple times. He didn't do it once or twice. He did it the entire back end of the game. Well, what happened in Philadelphia? Same the exact same approach. The exact same approach. That's how they tried to stop Jalen Hurts, period. You know? And speaking of uh, of, of the field goal, right? 59-yarder. Uh, the Bills, it's the end of the game. The Eagles need it to tie the game, right? And they're, they're like frantically running on the football field. The Eagles are trying to get on the field. It's a wet field. It's windy. It's rainy. And what happens? Sean McDermott calls timeout. Yep, that's right. He called timeout to give him more time so that Jake Elliott can set up, think about it, wipe his hands, clean his cleats, right? Offensive line can talk. Center can talk with the holder. Whatever whatever they need to do for extra time. Usually, you freeze a kicker when they have too much time to think about it so that they're so ready that you freeze them to get them to uh, undo what they've already kind of mentally prepared for, right? But in this case, you don't want to freeze the kicker. In fact, it's not even called freezing the kicker. It's almost called saving the kicker. And it backfired. You know, after that kick, the Bills also had 20 seconds and two timeouts. Now you could say, well, it's kind of risky because if Allen does one of those Josh Allen interceptions and he throws it at like, you know, the 45, you know, your own 45-50, you're right back in field goal range and we just saw this guy make a 59-yarder, they could win with that. I see that point, but when I have a unicorn quarterback in Josh Allen and Sean McDermott also was responsible for 13 seconds, he knows that it can happen in two quick plays with two timeouts. He was the one who gave up you know, the, the all those yards to Hill, Kelsey, and Mahomes in that playoff game a couple of years ago. Like, you know that it can happen. You know with a Gabe Davis who apparently had his coming out party for this season, we all wrote him off. Uh, he did have a couple drops early in the game, which are, you know, those are getting frustrating. And again, that's not on Sean McDermott. But, you know, you get where I'm going with this here, right? Like, Josh Allen could make two throws to Diggs and Davis, and you get in position to kick a field goal and win the game and get out of there. Um, so he didn't do that. Um, also, like every single time Sean McDermott, um, you know, he's handling the DC duties plus HC duties, as I mentioned before, you know, this game, it, it happened the exact same way where the defense cracked under the biggest pressure. It's just a different game situation, right? Like the Bills beat the Giants, they beat the, beat the Bucks, but the problem in those games was that at the end of the games, despite the fact that they won, the defense still cracked and they got lucky that, 
you know, Godwin didn't turn around on the Hail Mary with Tampa. He turns around, it's right in his breadbasket. Because remember, right at right before that, Tampa Bay had scored and they got a two-point conversion and the defense was cracking. And Tampa got it somehow up to midfield towards the end of the game and Mayfield threw a Hail Mary and Godwin turns around a second before and he catches that ball and they win in the end zone. Uh, the Bills got bailed out on a c- clear P.I. in the end zone by Taron Johnson, but the Bills let you know Terod Taylor march down the field late in the game and the Giants probably should have won that game. Uh, the Bills' offense came all the way back. Finally, they figured out what you know how to freaking play football. That was when Ken Dorsey was OC against the Patriots and the Jets. Remember, those games were early in the year. Uh, they came all the way back, took the lead against the Patriots. But what had happened? The defense cracked and let a, a, a weaponless offense, a terrible offensive line, a terrible quarterback, and Mac Jones marched down the field to get a winning score. Uh, same deal against the Jets. They're, they're up seven going into the fourth quarter. They let Zach Wilson go down the field. So this has been a repeated thing for Sean McDermott. Coaching matters, people. They have freaking Josh Allen. They have Stephon Diggs, you know? The coaching is failing the Buffalo Bills. It really is. And, you know, it it, it is truly, truly remarkable. (laughs) Truly remarkable how many times, what do they say the definition of insanity, right? You do the same thing over and over and over again and fail and fail and fail and you keep going back to the well. You keep going back to the well. And again, it's a different game situation but it's the same way that the defense cracks late in games. And Sean McDermott is not good under pressure. He's terrible under pressure. But after this week in the NFL, and again, I mentioned that the coach can't control everything and that it's probably 50-50, just like the quarterback, although I might I might put a little bit more of a percentage on the head coach because they're the CEO, you know, in control boss kind of crap. But look around the NFL. Now, I'm going to give you some teams that they might have a horrendous offense. And they're not Super Bowl contenders, okay? But the point of this podcast is not for me to break down who Super Bowl contenders are. The point of this podcast is to tell you, and look, trust me, some of these head coaches are getting in the way maybe of a team being a Super Bowl contender as well, right? It's like the chicken or the egg or, or, or the cart or the horse, right? You know, a head coach and his system and his ways could be preventing a team from getting to a Super Bowl, uh, but by the same token, because they don't have the offense or they don't have fill in the blank, the coaching is saving a team. Or a team wasn't a playoff contender, and the coach comes in and immediately makes them a playoff contender. Uh, So they're all different situations, but the point is the coaching has turned a team around or kept a team in it. And whether in it is as a playoff, well, it's at least put it this way, it's a minimum playoff contender. Because I don't think for the teams I'm about to mention, you know, the coaches compared to coaches, uh, teams that are playoff contenders and teams that are not, None of these teams I'm about to mention are, in my opinion, today as I record this, Super Bowl contenders. Right now, on the short list, I have like Ravens, Chiefs. I know people have thrown around Jaguars a lot. I just can't do that right now. Uh, Chiefs, Ravens, Eagles, Niners, and then everybody else. That's kind of where I'm sitting as far as teams. Now, those are the favorite teams. I'm not putting Dallas in there because Dallas is always going to Dallas in January. I don't think the Lions are ready to be there, and clearly they showed that this past week on Thanksgiving against Green Bay. Um, 
Now, can other can other teams win a Super Bowl? Sure. They they could. Miami could. Jacksonville could. Uh, Dallas could. Um, boy, I don't even think it goes beyond that. The NFL really hasn't been that good this year, by the way. Um, but let's get into it. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 7-4. and four. Their offense has been abysmal to the point where they've been in rock fights all year, especially in their own division, right? <laughs> abysmal. Absolutely abysmal. And Mike Tomlin fired Matt Canada. They're 7-4. and four. They have one more win than the Bills with Josh Allen. Coaching matters. Now, are the Steelers a Super Bowl contender? Absolutely not but you get where I'm going with it. And again, you could also say, well, Mike Tom was preventing them from being a Super Bowl contender because the offense, blah, 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 blah. They, you know, hanging on still with Pickett. And Kenny Pickett's still very young. Yeah, they're grounding and pounding. Yeah, they're trying to win with defense. Yeah, the field position. Yeah, the game management. A lot of shaky things for Mike Tomlin. There's no doubt. And I said at one point recently, like, hey, give him a lifetime contract. I'm going to pull back on that. <laughs> that was not the right comment. But by the same token, if Mike Tomlin and the front office go out and get a major, major, major weapon in the NFL draft upcoming and another offensive lineman and they go out and get maybe another, like, I don't know, Swiss Army knife kind of piece, uh, maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers here can turn it around. Do we know for sure, absolutely for sure, that Kenny Pickett is not the guy? I don't know for sure, but it's leaning towards that that direction, Right. But they have Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. They have a really, really sound ground game, and they win with a lot of it. But their 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 passing attack just isn't good enough. We can't give Kenny Pickett the full share, the full fair take, until they get more than just Deontay Johnson, who's lazy, and George Pickens. George Pickens shows up here, and then he disappears for five games. He shows up there, then he disappears for five games. He Kenny Pickett, in order to absolutely know if he's the guy or not, they need more weapons around him. And don't forget, Kenny Pickett, is, Kenny Pickett is only in his second year. He's on his rookie contract. He's a first-round pick. He played for the Pitt Panthers. They know him. He was in their facilities all the time. He's still 6'3", 230 pounds. Great size, rocket arm. He's just wildly inconsistent. How much of that has to do with the coaching of Matt Canada at one point and now a new OC. How much of it has to do with an average offense? How much of it has to do with the average offensive line? How much of it has to do with Kenny Pickett? Again, 50-50. But what you hear is that Kenny Pickett has put his 50% in. I'd like to see Pittsburgh put the other 50% in. Just to know for sure while he's on the rookie contract. I don't think you give up on him yet. I think you build more around him. They have one more win than the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to get to a couple of other examples here on the ML Sports Platter. Next, it's all brought to you by Ken's Auto Detailing, Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, Bowers and Company CPAs, and our great friends over at the Al and Angus Pub. Before and after all the big events in central New York, whether it's crunch hockey, cuse hoops, you name it, entertainment and concerts, head on over to the Al and Angus Pub for the best darn Angus Burger in town. Great beers on tap as well. The Ellen Angus Pub is a perfect place to gather for your business lunch and have your uh, holiday office party catered as well. The Allen Angus Pub gift cards available for loved ones this holiday season as well. The official pub of the ML Sports Platter is the Allen Angus Pub. 
ML Sports Platter brought to you by Stanley Law Offices. Together, they'll work to get you the maximum reward. And thank you as well to Courtney of Maple Down Senior Living Community and Trey Walewski of Under Armour Golf. Another example, Zach Taylor, right? Cincinnati Bengals. They have one less win than the Bills who have Josh Allen. Joe Burrow banged up at the beginning of the year with the uh, calf problem. Then he has the wrist problem situation and the bleeding and all the rest up in, in, you know, near the wrists and the, in, in the fingers. And he's out for the entire year. And so when you take that entire 30,000 foot view, Cincinnati has five wins though. They beat the Bills with Burrow in there, but overall five wins this year, one less than the Bills, one. And Zach Taylor also outcoached Sean McDermott in last year's playoffs, one less win with Joe Burrow being banged up basically the majority of this year. Coaching matters. Let's have a few other examples. How about a a guy by the name of Sean Payton? Remember this guy? Hanging out, doing TV work, right? Doing all these spots with Colin Cowherd, right? Six and five team. Same exact amount of wins as the Bills with Josh Allen. His quarterback is Russell Wilson, a guy who everybody said was playing his way out of the Hall of Fame the last year plus. And last year had Nathaniel Hackett, terrible coach. And this team started one and five. They have since beaten the Packers and the Chiefs and the Bills and the Vikings and the Browns. Okay, they beat a Packer team that just beat the Detroit Lions. They're fighting for a wild card spot. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs, still the AFC favorite to go to the Super Bowl. They went into Buffalo and won when Buffalo had to have that game too and they blew it and choked. They beat the Minnesota Vikings at the time, arguably the hottest team in the NFL. They beat the Cleveland Browns, the best defense in the NFL. (laughs) So, Sean Payton, man, coaching matters. And now Russell Wilson has some of his mojo back. Denver is fighting for a playoff spot. And in one of the biggest moments in the NFL this year, one of the biggest moments, and of course, the Buffalo offense again, it looked better under Ken Dorsey in that game. It didn't look great, but it looked better, right? But it took them forever to get going. It took them forever to get going. Finally, when they did, took the lead. Then the defense cracked again, like I mentioned earlier with McDermott. And Denver goes all the way down the field, but they miss a field goal. You're like, wow, wow, Bill's got away with one. Oops, there's a flag flown in the air, 12 men on the field. Hey, you can blame the special teams coordinator. He He's to blame, but you also have to blame the head coach because he's supposed to oversee how many guys are on the field. And the Bills lose the game. Because 12 men on the field means you have to re-kick it. And this one goes smoothly through the uprights. And the Bills throw another one away. And the Broncos win. And it does not sometimes matter. You know, one thing that I hate in sports is when people are like, well, if this didn't happen, if this didn't happen, if that didn't happen. But it did. Right? Like if Derek Jeter got picked by the Reds, but he didn't. He got picked by the Yankees. (laughs) But if, 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 if the Portland Trailblazers changed their mind and took Sam, uh, uh, Michael Jordan, but they didn't. You know, they didn't. Sam Bowie was picked ahead of Michael Jordan. Well, but if that, no, it's not if it, no, it did happen. And so 12 men on the field happened and Sean McDermott was the head coach. The other guy on the other sideline would not have made that mistake. Denver wins, they're six and five. They're better than the Bills. Number one reason, coach. It's that simple. The New York football giants are four and eight. Not a good team. The LA chargers are four and seven. Not a good team. 
Same exact amount of wins. Brian Dable, head coach of the Giants. He has Tommy DeVito as his quarterback right now. A third string dude. Daniel Jones out for the year. Terod Taylor out. Tommy DeVito, a four-star former four, uh, uh, quarterback at Syracuse who Dino Babers could never unleash. He couldn't find anything. He couldn't develop him at all. And if you remember, Tommy DeVito was supposed to be the guy for Syracuse football. He was supposed to be the player in the Dino Babers era to bring SU football back to prominence. A big-time, strong-armed dude, 6'2", 220, out of New Jersey, Don Bosco prep, all of the accolades and awards in high school, all-state, all-metro, elite 11 quarterback, 2,000-plus yards his senior year, right? Under Armour All-American game, commits to the Cuse over offers from all kinds of schools. Maryland... BC, Rutgers, Penn, Yale. I mean, they're not, you know, Florida State, Oklahoma, Michigan, Ohio State, you know, Clemson, Florida, uh, Clemson, and, uh, you know, whoever else, Washington. But still, Syracuse recruiting against all of those schools, and there were a few others. And actually, before he, you know, before it got really narrowed down, there were bigger schools that were looking at DeVito as well. Um, you know, certainly none of them were Georgia. But, you know, he, he was supposed to be the next guy at Syracuse. You know, he redshirted his true freshman season, serving mostly as the backup to Eric Dungy. He was supposed to be the next guy in line. Dino Babers' pet project just did not work out at Syracuse. Absolutely did not. And I just cannot believe my eyes that Tommy DeVito is winning NFL games. Like, do I think he has sustainability? Of course not. Do I think he has even sustainability as a backup quarterback? Of course not. I at least think Kenny Pickett could be a backup in this league for a long time if the starter thing doesn't work out, which, again, I'm not convinced. I need to see him get supported more. But Tommy DeVito? Brian Dable has his team with as many wins as the Chargers. Coaching matters. Meanwhile, with the Chargers, you have Justin Herbert, a possible generational talent. Well, no, he is a generational talent. Makes all the reads. Perfect size, unbelievable rocket arm. 6'3", 230, 235. Sees over the line with ease. His players drop the ball all the time, but his head coach is a buffoon. Goes forward on fourth down all the time. He's super inconsistent. Terrible with the media. Coaching matters. Right? I mean, coaching matters. Brock Purdy has turned out to be a really, really nice player. You can say all you want about him getting plugged in, but some of it is true. It is true, much like it's true with Patrick Mahomes, right? He's in the right situation. I give a lot of credit to Mr. Irrelevant because he has been unreal. People are judging him, by the way, and I heard Richard Sherman say this, and I think he's correct. They're judging him like he's played like 10 years in the league already, right? Which is completely unfair. But what I would tell you is while Brock Purdy has done everything and anything on his end, he also is being elevated with that play over and over again by a guy by the name of Kyle Shanahan, right? Like coaching matters. 
Dak Prescott, he's playing at an MVP level this year. He's made his mistakes on the big stage. Dallas beats terrible teams by a lot, and then they can't beat the big boys when it matters. Um, What will this year bring? I don't know. Uh, There have been times that Mike McCarthy has screwed up as well. I'm very interested to see if the Cowboys can make a run in the playoffs this year, but it's going to be on Dak and it's going to be on Mike McCarthy. It's on both those guys. Both of those guys screw up. I can't even say, well, the coaching, because it's been good enough to win. Uh, the Cowboys basically had a chance to beat the Philadelphia Eagles, um, and they were they were horrific on that last drive. I mean, Dak Prescott, you cannot take a sack there. And then, you know, well, they had the penalty as well. And then, you know, last play of the game, Dak didn't even give his team a chance because he didn't even throw it into the end zone. He threw it short of the end zone. So coaching matters there as well, but Dak has also screwed up. It's not like Mike McCarthy has Josh Allen or, uh, or excuse me, uh, yeah, like, like, a Josh, like Josh Allen has Mike McCarthy uh, in this situation, right? Uh, or Justin Herbert with a Brandon Staley or whatever. You know, like it's not quite like that, um, you know, because I think, you know, I don't think Dak's elite. Uh, I think they both mess up. Uh, it's not, it, it's just not the same uh, as an Allen McDermott or uh, Mahomes and, you know, uh, well, he has Andy Reid. He shouldn't even be included in here. I'm talking about elite quarterback and an almost head coach, right? That's pretty much what I'm talking about. Or an elite quarterback and a bad head coach in the case of Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert, right? Um, Prescott is not elite and McCarthy is not elite. They both messed up in their in their own right. You know, um, Mike McCarthy, even if he was elite, maybe he couldn't save Dak. And maybe if, if uh, you know, maybe if Dak was elite, I don't know if he could save Mike McCarthy. Because McCarthy and his game management, fourth quarter, we've seen them all screw up. So it's not, it's not quite the same there, right? Like, if Mike McCarthy had a Josh Allen, it would be like a McDermott situation, probably, is what I'm getting at. Um, Justin Herbert with a Brandon Staley. I, I think McDermott's a better head coach than Staley, obviously. I think easily Mike McCarthy's a better head coach than Brandon Staley. Um, but holy cow, man. I, I mean, coaching matters. It's just that's that's all there is to it. Look at the situation with D'Amico Ryans. Now, their OC is lockstep with C.J. Stroud. But C.J. Stroud is not only the offensive rookie of the year, but he might win the MVP. We've never seen this kind of play out of a rookie quarterback ever. Ever. He's just come in and he's been so fluid. He throws an unbelievable deep ball. He's leading the Houston Texans as a playoff contender. They have the exact amount of wins as the Bills. Six wins, as I record this. The Bills have Josh Allen. He's been in the league with this regime for years. His head coach is holding him back. The coordinators of the Texans this year from start to now have been really good. But like the D'Amico Ryans factor has also helped. Now he's a defensive guy. And he's done this kind of work with his staff, which has rippled on through into C.J. Stroud. Because C.J. Stroud is learning a lot of different things from D'Amico Ryans that are, that are football things. So coaching matters. Think about all those Titan teams the last few years that have been just okay. They've had Derrick Henry, elite at the time, elite defense, but they don't wow you. You know, they're not like a jump-off-the-page Super Bowl contender. But Mike Vrabel has beaten teams when it matters most. You know, so so coaching matters in the NFL. 
And I just wanted to bring up a couple of examples of some teams that are really getting held back by coaching as playoff contenders, as non-playoff contenders, I should say, or in the case of the Bills, like they're supposed to be a Super Bowl contender. You know, um, it, it's just, it's amazing. Or teams that we didn't even think would be a playoff contender this year, or others maybe didn't think. I always have the Steelers alive, no matter how ugly they play because of Tomlin. But again, the way his structure and all the rest is, they're not a Super Bowl contender. Take it for what you want, meet in the middle or not, I don't care. Um, you know, or teams that me or or, 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 or other people thought weren't going to be playoff contenders. You know, Pittsburgh Steelers would be in that group, right? Like, how about Shane Steichen and the Colts, right? There's another one. Coaching matters, right? Uh, Houston Texans would be in that category. Denver Broncos are in that category, right? Like, there are, a, you know, Minnesota Vikings for some. I picked them to win the division. But you get the point. Coaching matters. That's the bottom line. And uh, we'll have to see how the rest of the season plays out for all of the teams I mentioned. ML Sports Platter. All over the major platforms, download, subscribe, rate, and review. Google Play, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Amazon Music, and iHeartMedia. We are brought to you by our great, great friends over at Liverpool Physical Therapy. If you need that PT, that post-op PT work, get it done, or maybe a freak injury out by the pool, being an idiot like me, dislocating your shoulder over the summer, they can help you get back in the groove at Liverpool Physical Therapy right there on Old Liverpool Road. Liverpool Physical Therapy, of course, visit them online at liverpoolphysicaltherapy.com. And a tip of the cap thank you as well to our friends from the Vince Aguera Consulting Group, Chick-fil-A of Cicero and Clay, Camillus Golf Club, and Brian Conboy, Mass Mutual New York State. Get your financial future in order today with Brian Conboy. Advisors.massmutual.com is a website. That's advisors.massmutual.com. Your financial future is secure today with Brian Conboy. He's on Facebook and LinkedIn as well. Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State is the official financial advisor of the ML Sports Platter. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. SU Sports are underway. Hi, this is Joe Convertino Jr. here at CH Insurance. In our new offices downtown, we have over our entryway, work like a champion. We all high-five it to remind us of what we're here to do for you. As an independent agent, we're seeking the right coverage at the right price to protect your business and all that's important to you. We play as a team, win as a team. That's our theme. Count on the team who knows there's no off-season. CH Insurance, in your corner. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.